Amen. Well, if you'd like to turn again to John's Gospel, chapter 6, I'm going to read one verse for us from verse 37, which is a text for the sermon tonight. And it's simply this uh, teaching by Jesus Christ. It says, All that the, John 6 37, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. Let me read that one more time. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. And this is really one of the gospel jewels here, which is found in John's Gospel, chapter 6, this sermon uh, preached by the Lord Jesus Christ. Where did he preach it? In a synagogue in Capernaum. And actually, this sermon contains some of the richest doctrines relating to salvation in the New Testament. Uh, this sermon comes from the, the pure, sinless lips of Christ our Savior. And we'd all do well to read over that sermon, really, uh, over and over again from John's Gospel, chapter 6, 25 to 65. I remember uh, when I began to pay attention to that sermon by Christ, I, I'd read certain statements by uh, Jesus, and I, I'd think to myself, hmm, it, it can't mean that. And I would read it again uh, to look at it, and then I kept on coming back and, to it time and time again. But um, it actually helps to reshape our thinking for us, because um, there was a famous preacher called Charles Spurgeon, and Spurgeon used to say that all of us, before we're converted, we are Pelagians. Well, you might not know what a Pelagian is, but basically that good people go to heaven and bad people go to hell, which we know uh, that's not true. Heaven is full of sinners who've been saved. Hell is full of sinners who have not been saved. There are sinners in heaven and sinners in hell, but it's the grace of God that makes the difference. But Spurgeon used to say, once you get converted, you become an Arminian. And that means you think you have chosen Jesus. He said, used to say, but then when you begin to read the Bible, your mind gets renewed, so you become a Calvinist, and you begin to realize that Jesus says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And many of these statements, such as John 6, 37, it, it renews our mind according to the word of God, which we're going to be looking at tonight. There are other phrases that Jesus says, and I encourage you to read that sermon if you're familiar with it, which you may be. Read it again and, and see what may come to you. For example, later on in that sermon, Jesus comes with different phrases. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. Isn't that a beautiful phrase? Whoever comes to me I will never cast out. And so tonight we've got three simple headings for us. The first heading is God's sovereignty. That's the first heading, God's sovereignty. In other words, the Father gives people to Jesus. That's God's sovereignty. All that the Father has given to me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. Let those words just sink into our ears for a moment. All 
that the Father gives me will come to me. Now, this helps us actually in reshaping our understanding of the gospel. I hope you don't consider me to be unkind, but sometimes I hear of some street preachers getting in trouble with the police, and some of them I think, well, they've behaved in a very unwise manner. They will pressure people. They'll say, you know, if you don't turn to Jesus, you're all going to go to hell. But, you know, people today don't really even understand many of those thoughts about hell and different things. We need to explain the gospel. And so here Jesus says, all that the Father gives me will come to me. Therefore, pressurizing people to come to Jesus will never work. The Lord doesn't require such techniques for the gospel. But all that the Father gives me will come to me. So it's not simply a case of leading someone in a hasty prayer. Sometimes you hear people, oh, so-and-so just come to know Jesus, and that one's come to know Jesus, simply because they've said a, a sinner's prayer. But that doesn't necessarily mean that somebody is converted. Uh, in fact, sometimes conversion is an invisible work. Uh, but here it says, all that the Father gives me will come to me. They will be brought to Christ. And the word all is the fixed number of the elect of God. This is the sovereignty of God over salvation. And our job in the church is to faithfully present the truth of God. And there, for us as Christians, we are to faithfully present the truth of the gospel, but not to try and get involved in a results game because the results are guaranteed by God himself all that the father gives me so there is a fixed number that the father has given to the son why are you here tonight why are you not doing something else it's because God has changed your heart and giving you a desire to know more about the heavenly father and so when the Lord begins a work, he brings it through to completion. All, as it says in 37, means all the elect. But that doesn't mean, though, that we fall into, which we'll get to the second heading in a moment, that it doesn't mean we fall into a, a passive approach to Christianity. Far from it. We're to present the truth of God. John 15, 16, uh, it, it teaches us that all those people who will come, they will be regenerated and given a new heart from the Father. John 15, 16, it says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you what does that help us to do as christians as we think about god's sovereignty is to come to a place of spiritual rest of us not trying to do god's job uh, i remember when um, one of our daughters was born and um, um, we were inexperienced parents and 
And I was an inexperienced father, and I, I kept on ringing up the hospital almost every day saying, I think my wife is having a baby. And the hospital midwife got a little bit fed up with me. In fact, we even went to the hospital, I think, at least a couple of times before the child was even going to be born. And then the midwife turned around and corrected me and said, Mr. Bidwell, can I give you some advice? I said, well, you know, what is it? She said, will you let nature take its course? I, I thought, okay. So I went home and we then waited patiently and stopped having false alarms in the hospital. And I thought, what a parallel there can be for us as Christians in terms of the gospel. To let the Holy Spirit do his work and for us not to try to do the work of the Holy Spirit. All that the Father gives me will come to me. Our goal is to make sure the preeminence of Jesus is presented wherever we go. And uh, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he is the way to the Father. So in, in this kind of approach to the gospel that Jesus is presenting, he got later summarized into a short acronym called TULIP. And we'll see if we can go through those before we get to our second heading. Can anyone remember what the T stands for? T stands for total depravity. U stands for unconditional election. L stands for limited atonement. I stands for well done, Rachel, irresistible grace. P stands for perseverance of the saints. So you get these doctrines, actually, which are taught by the Lord Jesus Christ here. So the first doctrine we've looked at is the sovereignty of God in salvation. All that the Father gives me will come to me. But our second heading is human responsibility. Human responsibility. All that the Father comes to me, uh, gives me will come to me. And so it says, and whoever comes to me. The second heading is the sovereignty, uh, not the sovereignty, rather, the, of human responsibility. The second heading is whoever comes to Jesus. Whoever comes to Jesus. And so we are responsible to respond to that gospel. We don't present a gospel that God is sovereign and just take it or leave it. The gospel is never a take-it-or-leave-it message. It's actually life or, or death. And so in the church, one of the heresies really that has been spread abroad at certain times, and it can still be around, is what's known as hyper-Calvinism. I'm not sure you've ever come across that. But there's a famous preacher today called Joel Beakey. And he said, if some churches fall into the error of easy believism, you know, just making it very easy to believe, and, and sometimes people then believe, but they don't actually believe the gospel, uh, and uh, can be very low form, and, and they're not even converted sometimes. He said the church where he was brought up was the very opposite. They would almost preach against people knowing that you can be a Christian. But that is not a biblical presentation of the gospel. Here we're to preach according to the Lord Jesus in verse 37. Whoever comes to me, we're to be wooing people. We're to be a 
appealing to people, calling people to come to Jesus. We can ask ourselves tonight, have we, have we come to Jesus? For example, in Matthew 11, Jesus rebukes these towns like Capernaum. Jesus is teaching here and preaching in Capernaum. But later on, he upbraids Capernaum and Chorazin. And he says to them, you know, woe unto you, Chorazin and Capernaum and so on. Because they'd heard this perfect ministry from the Lord Jesus and rejected it. But even though they reject it, he then turns round to them again and he gives them the call of the gospel. And he says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, Jesus says, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So there, the Lord Jesus again is offering the gospel call. Whoever comes to me, Jesus says, and we must give that offer uh, until our final breath and to other people until their final breath. We must never give up praying for people to be converted and praying that they would come to Christ. Whoever comes to me. And third and lastly, we have a, another doctrine here in verse 37. And it's a wonderful doctrine called the assurance of salvation. The assurance of salvation. The Lord Jesus says, Whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. Whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. Now, in Greek, you've got something here known as a double negative. You've got something known as a double negative for added emphasis. You may translate it like this. Whoever comes to me, I will never, no, never cast out. I will never, no, never cast out. Because the devil comes to some people, though they have called upon the name of Jesus to be saved, they've been genuine, they've understood the basic content of the gospel, they've called upon the name of Jesus, and yet at some stage down the track, the devil comes along to do what? What does he come to do? He comes to undermine the promises of Scripture. But here we have this wonderful promise. Whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. And those words will, will echo through eternity. They will be promises that will never lose their power. Because we're not saved just for next week or next year. If, you are, if you've come to Jesus and you've been saved and you've been born again, you will never be cast out for all eternity. If you're an African church, you'd be saying, Amen, brother. Because that's a wonderful promise, isn't it? To think that we're going to spend eternity together. I met one Christian once and they, they believed a heretical doctrine that you could lose your salvation in heaven. But you can't. No one can... John's Gospel, chapter 10, Jesus says that no one can be snatched out of the Father's hand and then the hand of Jesus. I met one Christian 
ones and they said, well, I believe you can snatch yourself out of the hand of God. But the truth is, if you're in God, you yourself can't snatch yourself out, and the devil certainly cannot. Now, you may be sat here tonight, and you may be saying, well, I, I really know all this preacher's saying, and it's so basic to me, and I wish you'd get on to the more meaty stuff. You never know what trials you may face down the path in three years' time, in four years' time, in five years' time, or who knows when, and maybe you may need to come back again to John 6, 37. All that the Father gives me, I will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. What a beautiful promise i will never cast out and like i mentioned this double negative i will never no never cast you out well let's just think about the devil just for a moment before we close because the devil came to um, uh, the woman in the garden of eden and, and and began to undermine the promises of god and and so a promise like this is going to sow doubt but the devil himself is not agnostic. The devil himself is not an atheist. But he tries to sow doubt and unbelief. But the good news is that he may do that, but he will never prevail for the elect of God. They will not be snatched out of his hand because Jesus Christ is Lord and the devil and all of his demons and hosts were defeated on the cross, when Jesus was nailed to the tree, it says in Colossians that he disarmed principalities and powers. Hallelujah. There's nothing he can do to prevent the plan of God. So there's a simple message for us. Three doctrines. The first one is God's sovereignty. Secondly, uh, human responsibility. And thirdly, assurance of salvation for us. He says, I will never cast you out.